It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. I noticed something fascinating and encouraging yesterday. There was a press conference held virtually by Governor-elect Spencer Cox and Lieutenant Governor-elect Deidre Henderson. If you remember, we had a brief conversation with Senator and Lieutenant Governor-elect Henderson yesterday on the program. She talked much about what the administration will look like, what the priorities will be. Uh, But the focus of yesterday's press conference was in the transition, the transition from the outgoing Herbert administration to what in January will be uh, the new and incoming Cox administration. What I noticed was that uh, towards the, the bottom of the release, there was a long list of individuals who had been solicited and accepted an invitation to participate uh, in the transition, serving and participating, leading in some cases various committee efforts. And there were three names on that list that jumped out to me. And uh, the, the three names were Thomas Wright, Amy Winder Newton, and Jeff Burningham. Now, why did those three names jump out to me? If you can remember back uh, a number of months there, uh, kicking off this whole uh, gubernatorial race was a primary race. And in that race, all three of those names, along with some others, and Spencer Cox were competing against one another. They had competing views, competing beliefs in their own abilities, uh, and making uh, different and varied pleas to you, the voter, as to why they ought to be uh, the next to occupy the governor's mansion. Well, as you well know, the winner of that contest, Spencer Cox, uh, was able to maintain to some degree uh, a level of camaraderie or at least respect amongst these three uh, candidates that they have uh, elected to participate in the transition team. And uh, over the next 20 minutes or so, we'll be speaking with each of these three former candidates for governor. We'll start uh, our conversations with Thomas Wright, who joins us now. Mr. Wright, sir, how are you? I'm great, Lee. Thanks for having me on. You, uh, on Facebook, uh, regarding this participation in uh, Governor-elect Cox's transition effort, you talked about a, a promise that you made during one of the debates. What was that promise? Well, in in the debate, I promised that I would always use my talents and abilities to serve the state of Utah when when asked and when I had the ability and time and it worked for my family that I would step up and make a difference. And so I viewed that as a campaign promise. And obviously the primary uh, didn't go the way that I wanted it to go. And, but that didn't mean that I to me that I shouldn't keep that promise. And so when the governor elect and lieutenant governor elect called me and and laid out a plan for how I could make a difference in this transition, I thought, you know what, as hard as it is to kind of swallow the, the loss and kind of move on, I, I, I promised people that I would serve the state of Utah when I could, when it worked for my family, and when I could make a difference. So I accepted that invitation. What was that call like? You, you, you get a call, you look down on the phone, it says uh, Spencer Cox, you pick it up. What did you discuss, and what was the ask? You know, we just had a really uh, nice conversation. You know, we've known each other for a long time, and, that, you know, the primary election with Spencer Cox and John Huntsman and Greg Hughes and me, Thomas Wright, uh, was was hard fought. Uh, we had different styles and, and different approaches. We had different ideas. Um, and, you know, you always worry during that time that maybe, you know, maybe things get a little awkward or maybe they get off course. But, you know, the conversation was really friendly. 
uh, the lieutenant governor, uh, uh, governor-elect was, was very cordial and complimentary. And so we had a very nice conversation, and, and he laid out some specific ideas for how I could help in the transition. And, and uh, you know, I had some questions that he was, you know, he was really thoughtful about answering. So it was apparent to me that it was really sincere, and I wanted to do what I could to, to give back. And so I wanted to keep that campaign promise that I made in that debate. And so I accepted that invitation. Very cool. Uh, I ha- I've described vaguely that you will be participating in the transition team. W- what exactly will you be doing? You know, I'm going to be – the governor-elect uh, and lieutenant governor-elect wanted to do three specific things. One, they wanted to get the best and brightest minds in the state of Utah, and there's so many, Lee. I mean, there are so many people that could be doing this. And I said that to the lieutenant governor. I said, there are so many people. You know, why me? And and and, and so I'm honored to be one of many Utahns who could do this. But he wanted to get people who could look uh, at the problem. Number two, he wanted to review every agency of state government and thoroughly look at it. And then number three, he wanted those committees to come forward and bring very specific ideas to shape the policy discussion for how things can be improved. And so those three things are really what he laid out to me, and I think they're really important uh, things for the state of Utah because it shows that the governor-elect really wants to go out and make a difference, and, and he wants to be inclusive. He wants to listen to people, and he wants to take in their ideas. And I'll just share with you confidentially. I said to him, well, you know, what are some of the things you want to do? And he said, well, you know, Thomas, before I, before I share that with you, I'd like to hear, you know, what other people have to say. You know, I don't, I don't want to pretend that I have all the answers. And I thought that was a, a really cool thing for him to say. Yeah, cool. Uh, listen, let me ask you about yourself. Since the, the, the primary race, uh, which didn't go your way, have you been spending your time? And, and aside from this transition uh, effort here, uh, have, you been, have you been involved uh, politically anywhere else? Well, you know, I, 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 the primary obviously ended on July 1st, and I spent some time with my family in July, which was fantastic to kind of, uh, you know, have a family break and vacation and detox. And that, that was great. I was, I was able to do that after a long and hard-fought primary uh, campaign. But then, you know, I'm involved in the residential real estate brokerage business and what was a total annihilation uh, on March 15th when coronavirus was announced uh, turned into be a big real estate boom. So I have spent a large majority of my time on my business. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's gotten big. I've been blessed. And so I've spent a lot of time with my employees and my real estate brokers, helping them and their businesses and just paying a lot of attention to that uh, because, you know, I did take some time off and that had an impact. So I've, I've spent a lot of time with family, a lot of time working, and I've spent a lot of time following uh, the political process and helping candidates that I felt passionate about leading into this election. Very good. Uh, Thomas Wright, listen, thanks for your time. Congratulations on your success in business and uh, for accepting the invitation from Governor-elect Spencer Cox to participate in this effort. Uh, Look forward to hearing what comes from these committee assignments and the ideas that are thrown around there. Thank you. Thank you. All righty. Now we turn to another candidate who ran against Spencer Cox in the primary effort. Amy Winder-Newton joins us on the line now, a member of the Salt Lake County Council. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Uh, t- tell me about tell me about this this partnership now between yourself and uh, Governor Elect Spencer Cox. Uh, you were you were solicited. Your service was uh, was asked for, and you've accepted that invitation. Yes, and I'm really excited. You know, when I ran for governor, one of the things that I I touted as bringing to the table was the candidate with the most local government experience. I knew city and county government, but I could bring a fresh perspective to state government. And no one else on the campaign trail could say that, that they had that government experience, but it could bring a, a new perspective to, to the state. What I love, as, as I'm seeing Governor-elect Cox put together this transition team and 
as he and Lieutenant Governor-elect um, Henderson are getting things in place. What I am so excited about is I'm seeing that innovation, that freshness, um, looking at state government a little bit differently and being willing to have everything on the table to really evaluate what's working and what's not and how can we improve. And so, you know, a lot of people would think, well, you know, he was the lieutenant governor. It's just going to be the same old administration and he's going to just do things the same way. And that is not what I'm seeing. And so I'm really excited to see somebody look at this and, and really put some innovation and some best involving lots of people to put their best thinking forward to see how we can improve state government. And I'm thrilled to be part of that. In terms of the experience and lives lived by Utahns, you mentioned uh, you mentioned that you, you, from your perspective, are foreseeing certain differences between the Herbert and the Cox administration. What are you seeing along those lines? You know, it's too early for me to dive into that right now. We've just bar- our policy committees are just now in place. Um, we're going to be getting the names of our other committee members in the next day or so. So we haven't even met initially to start talking. Um, I, I was able to meet with some of the transition team executive team this morning. And, um, you know, I'm really excited about what I'm starting to see and hear. But, but our charge is so unique in looking at every piece of state government to see where can we do better? Where can we be more effective and more efficient and um, do things differently if we need to. And so um, that's that's what I'm seeing on the horizon, but the details are yet to be worked out. Do, do you know like how frequently you'll be meeting? Will there be reports? What will be, you know, besides recommendations to the governor-elect and his administration, uh, what, what will be the product delivered? You know, we'll be um, giving a report to the transition executive team um, in December, and our team will be meeting um, over that time period to, to get things put together. Very cool. Uh, well, listen, what else? How are things for Amy Winder-Newton since the, the, the primary defeat? Uh, where have you where have you repositioned your, your energies? Where, where are your views you politically know, here these days? Hey, I'm still on the Salt Lake County Council and able to represent my constituents there. We're in the middle of budget. Um, in the meantime, I've also gotten a, a job. So the county council is a part-time job. So I, I have a job working for a startup energy company and I'm the chief operating officer. And so I've been diving into that and that's been exciting to, to kind of be involved in something a little bit different. Beyond uh, your, your current elected position, is there are there uh, continued political aspirations for you? You know what? I am always happy to serve wherever I can serve best and most effectively. And I don't have anything specific on the horizon, but, um, you know, I never... I believe you always keep doors open and, and wherever you can best be be able to serve and utilize your talents, then that's something I'd look at. So, All right. I don't know. Very good. Well, we'll stay tuned. Uh, and thank you for your time. And, and thank you, you know, for me, thank you for accepting this invitation uh, to to serve on this transition team. When I saw uh, your name, along with Thomas Wright and Jeff Burningham, with whom we'll speak in just a moment, uh, seeing that uh, that former competitors were able to, you know, when asked to serve, uh, able to, you know, set aside anything that divided you from uh, you know, your competitor earlier on in this year and step up and do work for on the behalf of Utah. I think that speaks highly of your character uh, and also those of everyone who accepted that same invitation. So, Amy Winder-Newton, thank you. Uh, thank you for your time here today, and best of luck to you. Thank you. All righty. Uh, now, one uh, final former candidate for governor running against Spencer Cox, defeated in the primary, uh, but who has, as we have learned is the case for Amy Winder-Newton and Thomas Wright, accepted an invitation by Spencer Cox to serve 
on his transition team is Jeff Burningham, and he joins us now. Mr. Burningham, sir, how are you? Good, Lee. I miss talking to you. I know. I'm sorry. You got to run for something, or I, I don't know. We got we got to find <laughs> we got to find reason to chat more often. That's right. We used to, I used to hang out with you in your booth quite a bit, but um, it's it's been a while now, and I'm glad to be on. Uh, talking to you again. Talk, talk to me about the conversation you had between Spencer Cox when uh, when he makes the phone call. He extends his hand and asks uh, for your help. What was that conversation like, and what were your considerations? Yeah, it, well, first of all, I think this is the Utah way. Uh, look, I, I ran for governor in the first place because I felt like my background as an entrepreneur might. Uh, allow me to serve in a unique and uh, interesting way for the state. That obviously didn't work out. And so I've been talking a little bit to Spencer over the last several months and about the economy, uh, go-ed, et cetera. And so when he called the other night and asked if I'd be willing to chair this committee uh, reviewing go-ed, I told him I'd be happy to do that. I think I have a unique perspective. Obviously, Utah has been the envy of the country in a lot of ways from an economic perspective, but we cannot rest on our laurels. The, the world is changing. We need to, excuse me, adapt and change with it And uh, in order to stay on top. So I was excited to serve, happy to help. Uh, I, look at, I look at it as a way to continue to try to help the state that I love. How, how specifically can you speak with us now about the recommendations that you will make or the priorities that you'll forward? Yeah, not at all. Uh, this just <laughs> happened, obviously. <laughs> just to be honest, you remember me, Lee. I'm just honest. Come on, I'm in, the, I'm in the details yeah. game. I need something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Well, this just happened, right? Spencer just, or Governor-elect Cox just won a couple days ago. Um, and he called me, again, I can't remember, a night or two ago, maybe two nights ago. So this is all brand new. Our committees are being formed right now. And so there aren't details, of course. I mean, you could probably look back and see what I spoke about on the campaign trail in terms of the economy, in terms of GoEd, and see some of the ideas that I think, some of the directions, the general directions that I think we should go. But obviously, I want to do what's best for Utah. I'm sure that there'll be a committee of capable and exciting business people. I always think it's helpful to have a voice outside of government. Uh, that's, you know, my role has been creating thousands of jobs in the state over the last decade or more. And so that's the perspective that I'll bring to this role. And uh, certainly GoEd has had great leadership, Spence Beckles and Val Hale, Ryan Starks and others, and has been a blessing to our state. But you can't keep r- running the same plays and expect to stay on top. So I, I admire Spencer for the way that he's looking at this. Um, I, I think that we need to be innovative. We need some fresh ideas. We need a fresh perspective. And so I'll certainly uh, work with my committee to come up with the very best recommendations. And I won't hold anything back or hold any punches. I'll, I'll, I'll be strong in my conviction about what I think is best for the economy for the state of Utah going forward. Very good. Uh, we're speaking with Jeff Burningham. He, uh, along with two other uh, former candidates for governor here in the state of Utah, have been asked by Spencer Cox, governor-elect of the great state of Utah, to participate uh, in his transition efforts. Those are uh, people who uh, make recommendations, head up committees, uh, and try to you know, a- advocate certain priorities that will follow uh, Governor Cox, Governor-elect Cox, into his 
administration. Speaking now with uh, Jeff Burningham. Now, listen, uh, Mr. Burningham, if I've learned anything about you in the past year that you and I have gotten to know each other is that uh, you are not a man that sits still. I know you're always up to something. You've got a lot of energy. Uh, Things didn't work out for you in your effort to uh, assume the the governor's mansion. Uh, But what are you up to? Where are you spending those energies today? Uh, aside, of course, yeah. from your efforts here on the on the transition team. Yeah, I appreciate the question. I mean, I overall, I was embracing the pain of a loss. I'm a competitive person. I don't like to lose. Trying to become, you know, even more resilient, more kind. I spent a lot of time with my family. I have four children at home and a beautiful wife, so it was good to to be with them. I started a podcast, Lee. I, I, I like radio, actually. That's one of the specific things I learned in running – for governor. In fact, I'm sitting in a podcast booth right now. It's called the Us Podcast. It's, I'm just trying to share good stories about people here in Utah that are doing amazing things. It was really inspired by the thousands of amazing people that I met as I traveled all across the state of Utah. I'm writing, I started a book. Um, so I'm writing a book and I've continued to invest uh, in startup companies here along the state. That's kind of my background and, and play a role in the businesses that I've started, Peak Capital and others, I, I try to help out there strategically as well where needed. So that's kept my life full and busy and happy. And uh, thanks for asking. I appreciate it. Are uh, there aspirations for elected office in your future, you think? Yeah, that's a great question. If you would have asked me that uh, four or six months ago, I would have said, no way. You know, it was just the loss was uh, too personal and too close to home. Again, I, th- I think at the, I know at the root of me running for governor was this desire to serve. It's the same reason that when Spencer asked if I would help here, Governor Let Cox asked me to help here, I was happy to do it. Um, and so I'll look for any opportunity to serve um, the people that I love, the state that I love. And so I, I don't think you would rule that out, but it's not, I, I don't fancy myself as a a politician or a career politician really in any sense. Again, my background is in the private sector in startups and creating jobs. And again, I, I'm, I'm spending time there, but also in other areas that interest me like this, the us podcast yeah. and the book that I'm writing, et cetera. So uh, we'll see. I don't have any plans or aspirations per se, but I'm, I'm happy to help when called upon and open to opportunities to continue to try to have an impact and make a difference. All right. Uh, very good. Jeff Burningham, listen, thank you for the time, uh, and thank you for the example you're setting, I, uh, especially the example you uh, and Amy Winder-Newton and Thomas Wright are setting by, uh, you know, having gone head-to-head, you know, in one of the most high-stakes ways possible, looking to lead an entire <laughs> state as governor, and you now in this situation, in, you know, uh, understanding how the chips ended up falling, uh, were able to, you know, accept an invitation uh, by Governor elect Cox. It's an admirable thing, and I thank you for doing so and the example you set and for your time here on my program. Thanks again, Jeff. I appreciate that, Lee. Let's talk again soon. Thanks. Absolutely. All right, we're going to take a break here, and when we return, we are going to shift our attention to the 4th Congressional District. I want to give you an update. The numbers last night, that's the race between Burgess Owens and Ben McAdams. The numbers could not have been any closer. It was astounding. Uh, We'll get the details after the news with Lindsay Aarons coming up on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. 
I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.